Hello and welcome to another episode of the Average Joe Football Show. I'm your host, Joe Fair. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of Kimbo Slices. <laughs> Kimbo Slices, favorite football podcast. Oh. Rest in peace. I'm joined once again by my illustrious producer, Joe Teeson. How's it going, Joe? You know, not so great. I'm going to be very honest with you. Really? Dude, rest in peace, Kimbo. Yeah, you just found out yesterday that Kimbo Slice is dead. Yeah. Oh, man. You were pretty devastated for somebody that didn't know that he's been dead since, like, 2016. It tore me apart. Yeah. It honestly tore me apart. I was a mess the whole day. What do you like about Kimbo Slice? What did you Dude, I was a day one. You ever watch his street fights where he'd go and and people would just fight him in in parking lots and stuff? (laughs) No. Did they do that? Oh, yeah. Oh, (laughs) man. Really? Yeah. (laughs) People would just fight him in parking. Like, they would just, people just, like, want to fight him. Like, and he would just absolutely annihilate <laughs> of course he oh man <laughs> I, I mean i would be willing to bet that like, he would annihilate yeah them. like bare knuckle bro like just yeah. straight up oh it's why would they do it for money or just just i i think there it? was money involved but man it was it was it was super cool because the video that i know kimbo slice from i don't really know kimbo slice that well but i just saw a video many years ago of him in full football pads mm. hitting a guy from I think he did it for money. Yeah. Uh wow did he hit him hard. Oh, like, you show me that is unbelievable. Oh man. Like and he's not even a professional football player. Do you think he could hit harder than a professional football player in um because of his size? Or do you think that no. do you no, you don't think so? I think if you get Cam Chancellor and I don't know you don't know who Cam Chancellor is, but No, I know the chance man. The chance man. <laughs> Chance he he, does, he never gives you a second chance. Yeah, he doesn't because yeah. he hits you so. I think Cam Chancellor is one of the hardest hitting safeties in the history of the NFL, and okay. I think he 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 is trained on how to hit. Like I know, like if we're talking about just a fight, obviously Kimbo Slice yeah has the advantage there. He's apparently beat many men up in in a parking well, did you lot. See his, he well he did UFC. Yeah, I know he did UFC. I didn't know he just fought people in parking lots. Though. Yeah, that was before before he did all that <laughs> That's stuff. That's so funny. And then he was on uh he was on um uh what's that thing? The Ultimate Fighter as well for oh, yeah. he was right. You I didn't even know you were into any of this stuff. Really? You like Kimbo Slice. I love Kimbo Slice. <laughs> That's crazy. Dude, he was awesome. And I had no idea he died. Heart yeah. failure too, of all yeah. things. Listen, everybody dies of heart failure. I absolutely disagree. Yeah, no. I it's a take that I have. Every death is heart failure. No. Yeah. Your well, heart, your heart f- eventually fails. Really? Yeah. Think of, give me an example of a death. Getting shot right in the head. Yeah. You eventually, you, you, your, your brain can't get enough oxygen. Getting decapitated. <laughs> getting your head cut off right you off of your body. I'm glad you didn't let me finish because I was not going yep. anywhere there. Getting yeah. decapitated, yeah. You can't. Your brain can't send like signals to your heart to keep beating, so then it stops beating. Heart failure. Your head is off of your yeah. body. Your heart fails, so you're dead. You don't even. It doesn't. Your heart doesn't matter anymore. Like, yeah, no, like, it does. Okay, when you get yeah, decapitated. Okay, when you get decapitated. Oh, let me try try that one more time. Yeah. When you two. get decapitated, what do you die from? Decapitation. Heart failure. Yeah. No, definitely not heart <laughs> failure because your heart doesn't matter. I think you're you're losing your entire. I'm head. not saying that you di- You can say you died of decapitation, but I'm saying, you know, technically, heart failure. Your heart failed. Okay, then it's also, I guess, any bodily failure. Then it's like literally your body no, fails specifically heart because the heart kind of pumps everything. The the heart is in charge. 
Yeah. Your heart can fail, and then you could have it run by a machine, and then what? You can die of something else then. Nope. Only I think so. Better. Once you're dead, your your heart is not working anymore, so it's failed. No. Yeah. How much money? Show me one dead guy that has a working heart. <laughs> None of them. <laughs> they have all failed. Okay. Yeah. So all right. That's kind of my point. How much money would you have to be paid to be hit by, um, Chank Man, uh, <laughs> Chancellor, Chance Man, Cam Chancellor, Chance Man, yeah, Cam Chancellor. A lot of, like, and there's a couple ways you could do it. I'm thinking, like, like head on. You're trying to deke no, him out. Here, I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna try to find a, a video example of Cam Chancellor. A terrible podcast. No, well, we're, I, we're gonna do a little cut. Thing. I just, okay. just want to show it to you. Yeah. We're gonna take a little break. Yeah. Joe's gonna show me a video, and then uh, we'll be back with some more, uh, some more, I guess, <laughs> silly content. Right? <laughs> yeah. So yeah. we'll be right back. Honestly, I could take him. Yeah? Yeah. You could take him? He's not even that big. No, he's not. Well, I mean, still quite a bit bigger than you. I think you're not that big. So now that you've seen, I've shown you a few. I think I could get my shoulders under him, actually. You know, like, he's, like, <laughs> in where it hurts, you know? No, not at but, full speed like that. Yeah. No, I just kind of go around him. So how much are we talking? Point. Would you do it for $500? I wouldn't even consider it for $500. Uh, full pads? Yeah. No, I don't think I'd do it for 500 bucks. Oh man, how bad would it hurt though? How bad would it really hurt? So bad. Like, but what if you were guaranteed that you would not be injured? Like, no, no guarantees. Well, then no. You wouldn't do it for any money. How? No. Well, okay, no. Would I you do, do it, it for a thousand dollars? No. I don't even think I would either. No, I don't think I. I don't think you have I would to do pay it. that just to get your back fixed. Yeah. Like they're yeah, you, when they're yeah, hitting the, people. That would, you would, <laughs> chiropractor appointments would absolutely consume that thousand yeah. dollars so fast. It would not be even close to worth it. Yeah. Like when the the hits that we watch, those are like six foot plus, like two hundred thirty pound guys getting smoked and yeah, like they're being hit, like yeah. getting hit. And now imagine me and you, like I'm six, two and a half, you know, like. 175. <laughs> well, then that's the difference between you and I. I'm 5'10, yeah. 200 pounds. You think you could take it better than me, is what you're yeah, saying? Yeah, I think so. Okay. 5'10, 200 pounds. $5,000. Five, I think 5,000 is where I would start considering. I and still, I just uh, still don't think I would do it. Oh man, I just I don't want to get hit in the head, man. I I yeah. feel like I, is, I think my head is very fragile. Yeah, it's the the whipping of the head that would like he could really hurt you. Yeah, I've also like this was a question that we brought up many years ago. Me and a couple of buddies uh, is would you? And this seems like like knee jerk reaction seems duh. Of course you would do this, but for a million dollars, would you get knocked out by like Conor McGregor? Free punch. Oh man. To your jaw. I see oh wow. I, I was never, one of the few that said no. You really? One million dollars. One million dollars is a lot of money. A lot of money. You know, for a million dollars I think I would for a million dollars. I would very much consider it for he a million. Could kill you. For one million. Okay, yes. But they're also trained. I don't think he would he I don't think he would kill me. It could though. Like it could ruin your life. Okay, okay. So it could like dislocate your vertebrae that's one that's one thing okay imagine because they're trained to take a punch too we're not trained to take a punch yeah okay so one you wouldn't do it for one million 
for I mean, I, maybe I don't know. I just okay, but would you for five million? Would you spend one minute in the ring with him, being able to defend yourself? Oh my gosh, <laughs> that would be the scariest minute. I would run as six, far six, as I. Sixty seconds in the octagon. I would do baby. that. Five mil for my family. I would do that. <laughs> I wouldn't want them to ever see what happened in that ring. Yeah. Wow. Because oh like, my if you're not, gosh, can you imagine? If you're not trying to hit back and you're just trying to evade for sixty seconds, yeah. I would I, like, never try to hit back. <laughs> you don't want to anger you, him. You would make him angry, man. Yeah. You think you could like squirm at it, like get away from him? No, absolutely not. I don't think that people like. I don't think the average person, and I'm including this, understands how much. How different a professional athlete is than a normal person. Okay, but what about like a what about like a heavyweight guy, like a really big guy, like who's like pretty slow? That would be scarier because they're really big. So big. But it's, I, they me, would, it's better than but somebody like... the thing like, is, most heavyweights are probably still just as fast as you. Oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, probably. You think, oh, they look pretty slow. They look pretty slow compared to the other guys. Now, would you... Okay, never mind. I'm not going to get into that. But, yeah, so... That's it's crazy. Like I, I think the the difference between uh, one thing I one thing I think is funny is we have UFC nights and we talk about and this is a this is a touchy subject. I yeah, know, I can know where you're going. You know, but like when when they have the 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 female fights, it's like how many of us do you think it would take to beat up one UFC fighter? And some people are like, oh, I could do it myself. It's like I, you could not. Absolutely, you couldn't. There's no chance. The worst woman UFC fighter on that card would kill you. Yeah. if she, if she could. Yeah kill you but how many okay now it's this is great i just i love thinking about this man <laughs> i love fantasizing about it it's just amazing yeah okay. how many how many friends do you think it would take to um submit uh somebody like uh like uh uh, uh gaichi how many friends how many of us do you think it would take to to submit him yeah like just normal dudes like us, like say if we got yeah. many, many, yeah. many of our friends, yeah, it would take an unbelievable amount. Do you think we could do it with five? I don't. Because you have to think about even if none of us have ever fought ever in our lives, it is still five would, against one. Think, yeah, it's still but five th- against. But one. But you got to think also. I mean, he could with the first two guys that come at him, knockout punch to both of them, <laughs> <laughs> render us useless, <laughs> yeah. and then like, uh, all right, half, more, half of us are go. gone immediately. Yeah. And then, it, and then honestly, three on one, I don't like those odds. No, <laughs> those odds are a little scarier than five yeah. on one. I don't like to think about that, but <laughs> it would just be two two cracks, and it'd be like, oh, imagine, no. imagine that. Imagine stepping in the ring. Having five guys and you're like just kind of feeling good about it. You're like, <laughs> oh man, two guys down. You're like, oh, I don't want to be here anymore. Yeah, no, this was a bad idea. Yeah, because that's how quick it would immediately feel bad. Just immediately feel like your <laughs> life is in danger. Yeah. Like, it's no, like, no, wait no. a second. This is not what I, I signed up for. Five on one, not <laughs> yeah. three on one. Yeah. Hang on, this Mr. is <laughs> hang on, Justin. Yeah, hang on, Mr. Gagey. Uh Yeah, that is. I mean. That's 60 seconds. Like, just me thinking about that, that is just the most horrifying thought. Oh, it's crazy. To try to survive. 60 seconds. 60 with- seconds. Like, how long do you think you could run before he would, get, he would right? get, grab you? you? Know, yeah. <laughs> like, because you can't get that far because he's quicker than you, too. And even if he grabs you, like, like even if he's not very good on the ground or good with submissions and stuff like still that. Still so good. Yeah, still so good. Still <laughs> so the war like. Like, you got to think about, like, and people talk about, like, I've had a conversation with people about, like, the worst NFL player is still an unbelievable football player. Yeah. Like, like, this player came from, he was the best player 
you know, in his high school. And, like, he, he came, like, there's millions of high schools. Or not, maybe not millions, but there's. <laughs> yeah. Are there millions? Thousands of high schools. There's definitely not millions of high schools, I yeah. don't think, right? Thousands? No. Yeah, there's not millions. And then he goes to a Division one school. There's hundreds of Division one schools. Mm. He's really good. He makes it through there. And he get, and all that gets narrowed there's down. There's only one to NFL. 32 teams. Yeah. So the worst NFL player is still so good. And that's kind of the same thing with UFC. Like, even if, like, the worst, you know, one guy's really good at just boxing and he's not good at submission, his submission is still really, really good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, wow. Like, he would, he would need to get, he would anywhere within, like, I think six inches of my throat and I would just give up. Yeah, that would. I would panic so much. But you couldn't. In this scenario, 60 seconds, he can choke you out, right? Yeah. So when he chokes you out, is the sixty seconds over? No, I think he can just kill you then, <laughs> right? <laughs> That's so scary, man. <laughs> I feel like, like six seconds is enough. Here we go. Yeah, I feel like we're squeezing s- now. <laughs> you squeeze till your head pops off. Yeah, and he could probably do it. Yeah, you make your eyes bulge. Like it feels like we're sissy men for talking about this this way, but I think we're just real with ourselves. Yeah, I think like, there we're would honest. be some guys that would be like, "Oh no, dude, I could handle sixty seconds." Yeah, but it's like be real with yourself. Like you man. would never last sixty seconds. Not okay. Nice. That's dude. what I would say. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. In the ring, that is. Yeah. So I don't know. It's just. <laughs> How long do you think you have to train to like, to even put up a like? Okay. No, what was I thinking about the other day? Oh yeah, okay. So I'm six three. Oh no, that gets into offensive territory. No, no. <laughs> that was gonna be a WNBA thing, and I just, uh, I just, I don't think we need that, right? No, you don't need that. Yeah. You know, I just wanted. To, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a good talking point, but it's just not. It a is, good, it's but just it's not a good idea. It's just not a good idea. It's mm. not. Man, it's not. It's not valued. It's not a valued. It's not a valued I, opinion. Opinion, I guess. Yeah. I think my toe is broken. Okay. Still? Yeah, I think yeah, it I think is. You've talked about I this. think it's like cracked at a certain point. Okay. Yeah. And? So, I don't know. I'm just worried about it. Okay. Yeah, is it swollen? No, not anymore. <laughs> okay. I think it's like permanent, perma-broken now. Perma-broke. Yeah. That's how I feel about my ankle. I hurt my ankle, and it's just every time I twist Wow, it, this is so... An- like, we were just talking about really good stuff, and now we just... I ruined it. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, no, you did. I'm sorry. You told me your toe is broken. What am I supposed to do with that? Yeah, man? you can't yes and that. Not even a little bit. It's very hard. Yeah. Very hard. felt like we had good conversation with the UFC thing. Yeah. Who would win? Kimbo Slice or... Um, um, <laughs> Kimbo Slice or 40 preschoolers? Kimbo Slice. Yeah, I think so, too. It wouldn't even be close. I would, okay. That would be a massive... 40 third graders. Still Kimbo Slice. Really? They wouldn't be able to take him down. 40... That's a lot, dude. Yeah, think about how many pounds 40 people is. Don't matter, man. 40 children. If, like, if least... he just can relentlessly hit them, like, without legal ramifications. Yeah, I guess you're right. Okay, what about 40 one, one, teens? One leg sweep. You take out 15 of them. Yeah. Because they're all bunched up. Yeah. Teens? I don't know. Like, 18. Like, just 40? Legal, legal to fight, I think. 40 of them? Yeah. Okay, then I think they could. Uh, okay, 10. No. Wow. Yeah, you're right. I don't know. How big are these teens? <laughs> are these... Yeah. How, how big are these teens? Because t- teenagers are getting smaller and smaller, I yeah, think. Yeah, it's the... the or are we water. just getting bigger and bigger? I think the world's just getting bigger. You and I have had a conversation before. It seems like everybody I know is taller than their dad. 
Like, <laughs> like, what if everybody just keeps getting taller than their dad, man? <laughs> that's a scary thought. Oh my gosh. And we're just gonna just keep growing. Yeah. That's that's scary to me. There's some tall dads out there, man. Yeah. Everybody's taller than their dad. What if everybody keeps getting taller than their dad? Shoot. It has to stop at some point. It has to. We ha- there has to be a reversal. Yeah. Eventually somebody's not gonna be taller than their dad. Yeah. Let us know if you're not taller than your dad. Yeah, <laughs> drop a comment and leave a five star rating and tell me if you're taller than your daddy or not. Yeah. All right. I think that's good. I've right? had enough. Yeah. I'm bored. Actually, I'm one more question before we yeah. get into the football stuff with yeah. with our good friend Mike. Yeah. Would you rather take a slap shot, like a hockey slap shot to like the chest, or or listen, take a a baseball like a like somebody somebody like a like a pitcher, so a pitcher, hundred mile an hour fastball to your ribs, or a um. No, that's it. Just those two. Or a ping pong to your to your nipples <laughs> from the best ping pong player in the world. <laughs> oh gosh, I think I would take that one. Yeah. Yeah. No, but uh, on honestly, I would take a baseball. Yeah, because you think you think because it's harder. What? Like, is the puck is harder? The puck seems like it has less less um, collapsibility as far as the shape of it. You know what yeah. I mean? I think either way, your ribs are broken. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I think you could take a, yeah, wow. Have you ever seen people get hit with fastballs when they're? Oh yeah, no kidding. You they, ever seen? They a, rush the mound. Man. I think it I was do. Kevin Pillar. I think it was Kevin Pillar got hit in the face with a hundred mile an hour fastball. Ridiculous. His face was destroyed. Like you should oh. look look it up at some point. Kevin Pillar hit with a fastball. He his face is wrecked, and he played on it. Like he just played with his face destroyed like that. Jeepers, man. That's yeah. Like I said, bad. professional athletes are better than you and I, and, and they always point, will be. At what point would they not allow them to play just because, like, this is, we have to, like, almost put, like, a rating on this now. <laughs> yeah. Like, like a viewer discretion is advised before the baseball game because. You're almost too scary yeah, for TV. because you're, this is almost gore. Like, we're almost showing yeah. really like inappropriate. Your face like, is leaking, my yeah. friend. Yeah. I don't know. Your eye is out. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, pick your eye back out. <laughs> pick your eye back up and get on get on a home plate. Nice buddy. Joke. Wow, that was Bucko. that was a that was a ride. Yeah. That sentence that you yeah. just had there was no. a ride. And this episode's gonna be a ride. Thank you guys for, for joining us. Joe, thanks for the intro. And why don't we head over to our good buddy Mike for a little NFL talk. All right, week 11 is in the books in the 2021 NFL season. And it wouldn't be a week in the 2021 NFL season without um, some chaos, some upsets, some some just craziness, of course, in the NFL season. Mike, uh, how's it going? And, and how did you enjoy uh, week 11 of the 2021 NFL season? Joe, I mean, it's good to be back again today uh, recording. And let me tell you, Week 11 went hard. Um, there are a lot of things I, I prayed for and I hoped for, and almost all of them came um, to, uh, to, the, to the spotlight, so that was great. Um, but yeah, I know the Pats dominated again this week, so I get to come here with the Pit Vipers on, just feeling <laughs> like I'm on cloud nine, man. What about you? How did you feel about week 11? Week 11 was, yeah, it was, it was it's just another week where I just feel almost discouraged because it just feels like I know nothing about NFL at all. Like I'll just never, 
I'll never figure out what's going on. This season has just been, and I know, I know we talk about it every week. We do, and, and then I bring up how we talk about it every week, but I just, I'll stop talking about it when we don't have to talk about it anymore. I mean, it's just, it's chaos every single week. Um, my Dolphins got a win. Not quite as impressive as the Patriots win, but we'll get into that later on. But why don't we, you know, not beat around the bush too much more? Why don't we just jump into some of the games that we witnessed uh, week 11? Mike, I'll let, I'll let you kick things off. Where do you want to start uh, with week 11 games? Joe, I think we honestly have to talk about um, a game in which I would have to say one of the front runners for MVP played in. And this is overreaction Monday, but I think he might be even the MVP at this point of the season. And that's Jonathan Taylor and the Indianapolis All Colts. Right. Absolutely shellacking the Buffalo Bills, which one of the things I prayed for because now we sit on top of the division. But let me tell you, the Bills were non-existent here, Joe. Yep. It was a it was a no show by Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills, and this is something that I've been kind of saying. I don't know if I've said it too much on the podcast, but it's something I've felt for weeks. I don't really want to say it too much because people just say, "Oh, you're just a Bills hater," but the Bills are not the same team they were last year. They're not the same team. They haven't been the same team, and I get frustrated every every podcast or every show that I listen to, and they're saying, "Oh yeah, they're they're talking about the best teams in the NFL." And they're like, "Oh, the Bills are probably up there." It's like. The Bills have not shown me that they're the best team in the NFL. They haven't shown it. I mean, Josh Allen has, like, a lot of people were considering him an MVP candidate. I don't think he's played well enough to win MVP, not even really close. I mean, he's been okay, but he hasn't been an MVP candidate. And this Bills offense has disappeared at times, which is not something they did at all last year. So, to me, like... Other than Jonathan Taylor, which we can definitely, definitely talk about that. The biggest storyline in this is the Bills have some serious issues, and I I don't know if they have answers at this point. Yeah, no, that's for sure, Joe. I mean, only putting up 15 points to, I, I will say, a defense that you know has been looking really well over these last few games. But like you said, the, the, the offense of the Bills has just been dead. And I know you're not the biggest Josh Allen fan, but you know this year especially has been such a roller coaster for the Buffalo Bills. I mean, Allen did perform, I guess you could say, okay. You know, 21 for 35, two touchdowns, 209 yards of passing. But one of the things I think we've seen with the, with the Bills this year is they've been turning the ball over. And uh, John, uh, Josh yeah. Allen had two interceptions. And, you know, if you're going to have two interceptions, that's not going to help your team either. Just like we've seen with the Chiefs. You know, if you turn the ball over, you're just going to struggle. And especially against a Colts team that's been on the rise and been stupid hot lately. And you can't be doing that. Yeah, but let's talk about Jonathan Taylor in this oh my game. Gosh. I think it's been I think it's been slowly building over the last few weeks as the the rise of Jonathan Taylor. He st- sort of started the the season off a little slow. Uh couldn't really get going until I think about the Dolphins game when they played the Dolphins in week 3 or 4, I think it was. That's when he really had his first big game and since then, I mean, he has been a meteor. He has been just flying. I mean, in this game was unbelievable he had 32 carries 185 yards four touchdowns on the ground and then he chipped in one touchdown through the air just an unbelievable game Carson Wentz barely even had to show up to this game he only threw the ball 20 times 11 completions for 106 yards and a touchdown but is it is it crazy to 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 call Jonathan Taylor the MVP favorite at this point in the season 
I would say no because if I mean if we're if Derrick Henry's putting up these numbers and fantasy numbers, I mean of course we're gonna be saying Derrick Henry's you know should should be winning MVP or should be in the race for sure. So why can't we say the same for Jonathan Taylor? I mean if you look at it all season, you know these past few weeks people have been talking about him more and more, but the first few weeks of the season he was quiet, you know, uh, or people were quiet about him I should say. And now lately, it's just been he's been growing and rising. And I think Jonathan Taylor, if he can stay healthy and keep this pace, I would see why he I don't see a reason why he shouldn't win MVP, Joe. Like he's just putting up monster numbers week in and week out. He very well might be the best. The best running back in the NFL right now, and that's including you can even include Christian McCaffrey and Alvin Kamara and 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 obviously Derrick Henry's injured right now, but. I think nobody runs like as hard. Like he's just such a physical runner, but he's got that breakaway speed. He's so fast, and I th- and I think we're seeing him develop in the passing game, which is something that he didn't really have in college and in, in in his rookie season. And if he can get that developing, I mean, he can be just as valuable as Derrick Henry was for uh, the Tennessee Titans, for the Indianapolis Colts, and for the Colts. You know, they were a team that just a few weeks ago, they looked dead in the water. They they got swept by the Titans. It looked like, oh, they're they're in a tough spot. But they're they're surging right now. Like they're a team on the rise. And as long as Carson Wentz can play mistake free football, which he did in this game, like like we said, he didn't do a whole lot. But when Jonathan Taylor is playing like this, you don't really need your quarterback to do a whole lot because Jonathan Taylor uh is taking most of the load up on himself. Yeah, no, that's for sure, Joe. And I mean, like you alluded, um, that heartbreaking loss to Tennessee. The Colts right now have won five of their last seven games. That's five and two over that span. And they could have very easily been seven and zero with the heartbreaking loss to Baltimore, and then another heartbreaking loss to Tennessee, I believe, in overtime. So this team right now is on the rise at the perfect time. And you know they got the the Bucks up next, which that'll be an interesting game depending on how this one plays out with the Giants. Um, and then they got Houston, and then they get a bye. And then I see another two wins probably for sure to close out the season. So this this Colts team could sneak their way into the playoffs and, and really put it to some teams. I honestly would have to say um, they are playing hotter than the Kansas City Chiefs. And they might even be playing hotter than the New England Patriots right now. Um, if you would have to rank them, I would have to put the Pats and Colts up there pretty high with teams in the AFC. Um, and I, I believe they're going to finish in the top three, maybe even... Um, I don't know if I'll say top two in the in the seating, but they're they're just on the rise at the perfect time. Yep, every year we see teams uh, they they get hot at the right time, and that's near the end of the season. Uh, you know, they might off, get off to slow starts, and you know, could the Colts be one of those teams? We'll just have to wait and see. But speaking of uh, teams in the AFC South, why don't we go on to uh, you know the Colts had themselves a big victory this week, but the team just above them in the standings in the AFC South actually took a an embarrassing loss, and that was the Tennessee Titans losing to the Houston Texans. And of course, of course, in this NFL season where we know nothing and we'll never know anything, the Tennessee Titans, that who looked like the 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 one sure thing, they were a team that had beaten seven straight playoff teams from last year, was just on this crazy winning streak. And now they lose 22 to 13 to the Houston Texans, a team that I mean, it's they're a bottom dweller. They're one of the worst teams in the NFL. Um, what the heck do we make of this game, Mike? Joe, another game where 
If you sleep on an opponent that doesn't have the best record or hasn't played that well, we've seen it time in, time again this season. You know, if you sleep on a team, they'll they'll make you pay. We've seen it with them losing to the Jets, now the Texans. We saw the the Bengals lose to the Jets in the same type of way. And another thing is, you're not going to win a whole lot of games when your quarterback throws four interceptions. I don't know what Ryan Tannehill was doing. I know there was it, it was raining. So, you know, water on the ball, you know, makes it a bit slick. That could have been part of the, the reason. But, you know, throwing four interceptions does not help your team at all. I mean, also, they had three fumbles. So that's a total of seven turnovers. I don't know if they lost all of them, but um, that, that's seven turnovers. And, you know, that's not going to win you a game in the NFL. And, you know, when your three running backs combine for like a total of what, 90 yards, 90 to 100 yards, that's also not going to help you, you know. Ever since Derrick Henry got hurt, the uh, the Titans have had no run game. It's all been on Tannehill, which I thought might be a blessing to open up the passing game. But it, you know, the uh, the or tech, yeah, Titans have struggled mightily. Even though they beat the Rams, um, it wasn't a very pretty win. Their defense played very well, and now against the Texans, they just completely fell apart. So I don't know about this Titan team, Joe. And they got a tough test. They got the Patriots in Foxborough next weekend. So who knows how that's going to turn out. Yep, there's tu- there's a tough test ahead and you know, up until now they've they've really they've aced all of their tests so far. I mean, they've done a tremendous job. We've talked about them having some of the best wins in the NFL, but it's kind of funny like if they if we're talking teams a team that has the best wins in the NFL, you you could put the Cardinals up there, but I think the Titans are right there. They 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 have it seems like they play a good team almost every single week and they have some of the best wins, but they also have two of the most embarrassing losses on the season. That's to the New York Jets and the Houston Texans. So it's like, what do we make of this team? Are they a team that just plays up to their up to good teams and plays down to bad teams? And to me, you talked about it a little bit, the lack of a run game. I think it's been a huge factor for this Titans team. Just since Derrick Henry's been gone, they haven't been able to get anything going. I thought they would do a better job with, with Adrian Peterson I thought he would come in there and obviously not replace what Derrick Henry was doing because how do you replace what Derrick Henry does? But like I thought they would be able to get something going, but the run game hasn't been there, and Tannehill has not been able to step up the way that they would have wanted him to. He just he I mean four interceptions. I don't I don't care if it's raining. I mean four interceptions is bad. Like you you cannot do that in a game and expect to win. And he's now at uh, 13 touchdowns this season and 12 interceptions. So he is not helping this team at all this season uh they need better performances from him and they can't just rely on their defense because i don't think their defense is that talented like their defense has had really good games and they've they've stepped up but they cannot just be relying on that defense because i think there's some major holes there so they need to develop a run game and i think this this game this upcoming game against uh against the the patriots will be a major test because they're going up against a very good defense a team that's hotter than any other team in the NFL right now, um, and and you know they'll they'll be they'll be forced to to stop what is a a really good run game. And Mac Jones has been uh, really solid on the NFL season as well. But a, a very disappointing loss uh, for the Tennessee Titans. Um, but speaking of disappointing losses, um, why don't we move on to what was supposed to be the game of the week? the 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 Dallas Cowboys going into Arrowhead Stadium and playing the Kansas City Chiefs and it ended up being a 19 to 9 uh Kansas City Chiefs victory not exactly the game 
uh, we expected here, Mike. No, that's for sure, Joe. And I mean, it was a big blow for the Cowboys finding out Friday that um, they're starting wide receiver, number one wide receiver, um, Amari Cooper wasn't going to play due to COVID. And, you know, he wouldn't even be able to play till next Sunday. So he's out for Thursday's game against the Raiders. And then losing CeeDee Lamb at half, they were down basically their entire offense because also Zeke kind of banged up his ankle uh, in the first quarter. And they didn't have a rushing, they didn't have a running attack at all. And you know the Dallas Cowboys, they have Dak Prescott, they have good receivers, and they have two great running backs. And if the running backs aren't able to get going, that puts all the pressure on the receiving game. Well, one, be- one of the, your best receivers was not even playing. The other one only played one half. That's already a... Uh, cause for concern and then the defense struggled in the first quarter um gave up nine points which i honestly thought the chiefs were going to run away with this game at that point and then you know dallas's defense really locked down and didn't allow patrick mahomes or that offense to really do much after that but you know struggles on offense for the cowboys just doomed them all game long um dak couldn't didn't look comfortable at all you know um, the Chiefs defense was blitzing hard it seemed like on every down he was just he couldn't it seemed like he couldn't get anything going yeah, it was a it was a it was an undack performance from Dak Prescott. He did not look like the same quarterback. He had a lot of inaccurate throws, and I think the biggest encouragement for me and l- we talked about last week. You know, are the Chiefs back? And to me, I'm almost ready to say that the Kansas City Chiefs are back. And it's not because their offense. And I I know their their Kansas the their offense only scored 19 points in this game, but like you said early on, it seemed like they were going to run away with this game. They scored, um, you know, 16 points early on and just kind of coasted for the rest of the game. But to me, the biggest encouragement for the Chiefs was their defense. Their defense in this game played phenomenal against literally the best offense in the NFL in the Dallas Cowboys. Chris Jones, their interior defensive lineman, he had himself a game, three and a half sacks. He was all over the field, just, just wrecking Dak Prescott. And then you had Frank Clark with a sack. And they actually pressured Dak Prescott on 33% of his dropbacks, which is, that's a recipe for success against almost any quarterback. And I thought the Chiefs, the biggest reason why I think they might be back in an AFC that, you know, is very muddled and, you know, has not been able to take advantage of the Chiefs losing games early on. I think the reason they're back is their defense looks good. I think their offense, I honestly thought their offense looked good in this game. I I know it doesn't show up in 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 the points, and I know, uh, Patrick Mahomes didn't throw a touchdown. Dak Prescott didn't throw a touchdown, which is crazy to think about. Imagine somebody telling you that in this game, Dak Prescott and Patrick Mahomes both wouldn't throw a touchdown. Wouldn't have believed you. You, you, would, you wouldn't have believed him. But to me, I honestly thought the Kansas City Chiefs offense looked pretty good at t- times. Like Travis Kelsey looked really good in this game. Big game for him. Tyreek Hill always looks good. Um, so I, I thought it was a, a really good win uh, for the the Kansas City Chiefs and a disappointing loss for the Cowboys. I feel like this could have been a big statement win. But like you talked about, they were missing Amari Cooper. CeeDee Lamb got hurt. Zeke Elliott got hurt. Tyron Smith wasn't playing in this game. Um, but hopefully they'll get a bounce back win there against um, who are they playing again? The Raiders the on thanks the Raiders on Thanksgiving. Uh, but um, I don't know. Do you think I know we asked this last week? But do you think the Chiefs are back, or do you think that they they still have some things to work on? Joe, I think it's time I put my hater rate aside. Um, I've been denying it all day, but I think it's time to finally realize that the Chiefs' defense is—I f- I feel like they're fully back. Their defense over the past few games has woken up and really helped their offense. And 
to what you were saying, I feel like their offense might have clicked more and might have, you know, might have looked more dominant if they were, if it would have been a closer game. But, you know, being up 19-6, 19-9 for a good part of the game, their offense really didn't need to do much. You know, just kind of control the game, stay ahead. Um, I will say I am a little bit worried uh, with the receivers because I saw another um, Travis Kelsey easy catch and run for 20 yards and he just let it kind of bounce off his chest and hands into a pick which we've seen oh, four yeah. or five times this year where the receivers just drop easy passes. They turn into interceptions. Um, so I'm concerned for the receiving core. The running game looked pretty strong um, for Kansas City. So I would say the the offense is, is nearly back, but I would say the Kansas City Chiefs are well on their way back to being another um, lock for the for the playoffs this year. Yeah, and they've, they've really benefited from the, the rest of the AFC being being a tire fire, really. Like, we don't yeah. know. It's It's different from week to week. The AFC... I think that's one of the biggest, uh, like, disappoint. I don't want to say disappointments, but for the other teams in the AFC, it is a big disappointment. The Chiefs were down for the count. Uh, I mean, and they they were a team that they they did not look good through the first few weeks, and a lot of teams just could not take advantage of the Chiefs being down. The Ravens, you know, the 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 Titans, I guess you could say, did, but the Bills, they did not take advantage, uh, and the Chiefs are back and they're ready to compete with all those teams in the AFC. Uh, but speaking of teams that could be ready to compete, uh, well, we maybe shouldn't go that far yet. But I do want to talk about the Philadelphia Eagles uh, picking up a big victory versus the New Orleans Saints. The Saints were without Alvin Kamara in this game. Also, we're missing both of their Pro Bowl uh, tackles in this game. So they were definitely undermanned. Uh, but the, the Philadelphia Eagles picked themselves up a very big 40-29 to victory. And the Eagles look to be rolling, Mike. Yeah, Joe, that's for sure. And, you know, uh, one thing I would like to point out, I know early on in the season, you were very low on Jalen Hurts. And I saw a crazy stat. Um, I don't have the picture right now. It was him. They were comparing him to Lamar Jackson, first 14 starts, because we, we all know Jalen Hurts has only played now 15 or started 15 games in the NFL. And I think Jalen Hurts had, out of like 10 to 12 stats, was better than Lamar in eight or nine of them. And so I think you just got to give Jalen Hurts some time. And he showed in this game, you know, he only threw 13 or 24 passes, completed 13 of them, which, you know, isn't great. Only had 147 um, uh, passing yards, but he had 69 yards on 18 attempts and three rushing touchdowns this game. I think the Eagles need to learn. He's not a 40, you know, throw a game type of guy. He's going to throw 25, max 30 passes a game, but get the running game going. If you can get your running game going, and then he can also ha- help in the running game, I mean, that's recipe uh, for success. Miles Sanders had 94 yards, so right there, you know, the running game was there. And, you know, it, it looks like the Eagles found a blueprint, and if you're the Cowboys, I know we just talked about them, it's time to buckle up and start winning some games because these, these Eagles are only two and a half games back, and there's still plenty of football left, so they might make a run for the uh for the division lead i don't think it's going to happen but they do play the cowboys week 18 so who knows if there's going to be a division lead on the line in that game but that could be something pretty intense and fun to watch for the eagles are a team that um they they are they're winning big games here uh when you really need to uh and and they're a team that there's their remaining schedule i mean they have a very and my 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 good buddy Joel, who was on this podcast a few weeks ago, he's a big Eagles fan. He's been honking at me about the Eagles uh, for the last few weeks, just, just uh, you know, in my ear about them. And, and I, I can't ignore it anymore. I mean, the Eagles are a team that we have to pay attention to because 
their the, their remaining games they have um the New York Giants they play at New York then they play uh, against the Jets also in New York and then they have their bye week then they play Washington and then they play the Giants again and then Washington again and then Dallas all of those games aside from maybe the Dallas game and in the da- Dallas at that point could be resting started but all those games very winnable games especially with the way that they're playing right now. And to me, you talked about their running game. That's been the biggest difference maker for me. It was such a big uh, difference maker in this game. They had over, uh, what was their yards? They had 242 total rushing yards in this game. They got Jalen Hurts. He looked explosive running the ball in this game. Uh, then you you had Miles Sanders come back from IR. He looked good. You talked about 94 yards. Even Jordan Howard. I know he got injured in this game, but he looked really good in this game. Uh, and, you know, their run game is probably the best in the NFL. And I think that's that's the key to the winning for them is getting that lead, getting that run game developed. And don't you don't need Jalen Hurts to throw the ball 30 to 40 times. And you did talk about how I was low on Jalen Hurts. And I do have to say, you know, I got to give Jalen Hurts credit where credit is due. Because a few weeks ago, I was convinced, you know, he was going to get benched at some point. We we're going to see Gardner Minshew. He was not playing well. He's proven me wrong, and I've been wrong many times before. So this would not be the first time. Uh, but I got to say, credit to Jalen Hurts. He's played phenomenal the last few weeks. And I think the biggest thing is, like, Lamar Jackson, you talk about, that's a great example. You don't need to have a guy throw 30, 40 times a game to be a great quarterback. You can, like, take the skills that he possesses and amplify those. And I think we saw that in this game. Jalen Hurts was breaking dudes' ankles out there, running all over the field. Uh, and and just just really impressive three rushing rushing touchdowns and just throwing the ball when he needs to and throwing it well. So to me, that's the biggest key for the Eagles' success going forward. Yeah, no, that's for sure, Joe. And I mean, another thing is their defense played really well for three full, full quarters of this game. I mean, the score I believe was like thirty thirty three to seven uh, there near the end of the third quarter, and they just got very sloppy there in the fourth. Kind of tried to, I guess, I don't know. Uh, ease off and you know the Saints came marching back you know didn't have enough to to win the game ultimately but yeah the the score was a lot closer than the game actually was and um, Jalen Hurts continuing to play good is just a huge confident boost for the the entire team because you know if if Jalen's struggling then there's going to be the the conversation of who's going to play quarterback next week and it's going to loom over you know their shoulders every single week kind of like the Dolphins were you know the entire first half of the season and knowing that you know you have your quarterback that's out of the question. Jalen's been playing great these last few weeks. Um, the defense has really started to play really well these last few weeks. The run game's been there. So I honestly think this Eagles team is a lot better than their record shows. And like we've talked about on this podcast, teams heating up at the right moment. They, you know, that that the NFC is is also very wide open when it comes to all the teams uh, for the playoff race. I mean, we got the Eagles right now sitting at five and six, and they're only half a game behind the Saints, who they just beat for that seventh seed. And then you got Minnesota at the at five and five as well, only half a game back of the sixth seed. So the Eagles and, you know, there are plenty of other teams that are right there. I mean, even Atlanta still has a chance. Even New York, who's three and six, still has a chance to make the playoffs. Like it's wide open. So we don't, you know, you never know what could happen in the NFL. It's been so crazy this season. Um but yeah, those Eagles, they are they're looking like a strong contender this year, Joe. Yeah, the Eagles are are surging at the right time. And I do want to give a quick shout-out before I move on to Darius Slay. He's a guy who makes plays every single week. He had a touchdown 
uh, two weeks ago against the Denver Broncos. And then he had a huge pick six, I think like a 50-some yard uh, pick six uh, in this game that was a huge difference maker. Uh, he's making plays. There's a reason they call him Big Play Slay. But the Eagles are headed in the right direction, and let's, I, I'm here for it. I'm here to watch. I, I want to watch good football, and the Eagles right now are playing good football. Uh, and speaking of good football, a uh, couple of teams with explosive offense face each other in Minneapolis this past weekend. That was the Green Bay Packers against the uh, Minnesota Vikings, and the Vikings pull out a last-second victory on a last-second field goal by Greg Joseph to win the game 34-31. to 31. What a game this was. I mean, this was a, a classic shootout. Uh, the Vikings had the lead, I think a double-digit lead at one point, nearly lost it there at the end to the Green Bay Packers. Justin Jefferson was phenomenal in this game. He finished uh, eight receptions. 169 yards, two touchdowns. Adam Thielen had himself a good game. Uh, Kirk Cousins came to play in this game. Uh, Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams, they also had a, a fantastic connection in this game. But in the end, the Minnesota Vikings finally find a way to pull out um, the victory in this one. And Mike, how did what was the keys to this game? How did the Vikings pull this game out? Joe, it was uh, basically from early on. They just They just were rolling. Um, Aaron Rodgers, I know he has his little toe injury that um, I don't know if they've specified what it is, but you could tell kind of it had been bothering him throughout the game. But I think the honest key to this victory and the man that I don't think gets enough credit for his his play this season is Kirk Cousins. I mean, I was talking earlier today that he could also be on top of the, the MVP race silently. Like no one really talks about Kirk Cousins this year. I believe he's top five in passing yards. Top five in touchdowns, and I think he's probably number one in the least amount of interceptions thrown. Joe, he only has two picks this season. I think he has twenty-one. That's crazy. Twenty. I know he has twenty-plus touchdowns. Um, I believe close to twenty-two, twenty-three hundred yards, and only two interceptions. And those interceptions came in week four and week five. So we're talking six weeks without an interception. I know there was a few in this game that could have been picked off, but you know it didn't happen. Um, but yeah, still Kirk Cousins' play has been absolutely nuts. And I saw some people saying like, why, you know, why are we still talking about Kirk Cousins? Like he's a good quarterback. He outperformed Aaron Rodgers. Um, maybe not statistically, but man, they, they just, they just kept coming back. You know, the, there was no stopping that Minnesota Vikings team. You know, Dalvin Cook also had a good game, 86 yards and a touchdown. But like you said, Justin Jefferson. Wow. He sure reminded the NFL why he has been one of the most hyped receivers in the NFL. I mean, 169 yards on eight catches and two touchdowns. That's that's going to be hard to hard to lose a game when your receivers are being that dominant. I mean, Adam Thielen also had himself a really good game. He had um, eight catches for 82 yards and a touchdown. So all in all, the, uh, the Vikings played really good. Um, Packers, don't get me wrong, Packers played very well too. They just, you know, weren't able to finish. Their defense gave it up there at the end. Um... But yeah, it was a good game. It was, this was honestly, I like you said, the Cowboys-Chiefs game. I figured that'd be the game to watch, but this by far was a game to watch on uh, on Sunday. Yeah, one hundred percent. And uh, this is the this is the offense that we should see every single week from the Minnesota Vikings. They this is the talent that they have on that offense. This is the offense that we should see. They have Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen. We didn't even talk about Dalvin Cook. He's one of the best running backs in the NFL. He is, he's on this offense. I mean, this offense should be clicking on all cylinders 
every single week, and I think they've looked really good this this year. And you talked about Kirk Cousins and how he doesn't get enough attention, and I think it's you know if you he quietly has really good stats almost every single year. I mean, every year Kirk Cousins' stats are pretty good. I mean, I know this year he's played really well, um, but the problem is it just never translates to wins, and especially this year. Fun fact about the Vikings: out of the ten games that they've played, they're five and five. Out of the ten games that they've played. Nine of those games are decided by one score. Nine of those games. That like is the, absolutely like the Chargers from like a year or two ago. Yes. Yeah. They they have not been able like to close out these games. And if they can start closing these games out, like they can they can make a real run where we keep talking about the NFC in that last uh wild card spot, uh, you know, or those last two wild card spots, they're wide open. I mean those those are there for the taking, and if the Vikings can keep this rolling, Kirk Cousins, as good as your stats are, you you gotta convert it to wins, buddy. You gotta win games, uh, and you know I I really do like Kirk Cousins, and I, I I've been critical of him, but I've also uh, been a big fan of his. But you know if he continues to win big games like this, this o- offense and this this team in general uh, is very much headed in the right direction. Um, but why don't we talk about the last game? Um, that we watched this week because the obviously the Monday night game is going on as we're recording this, but the Sunday night football game, um, Justin Herbert shining on Sunday night football against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Mike, what did you see here on Sunday night football between the Los Angeles Chargers and the Pittsburgh Steelers? Joe, I honestly saw a game through, what was it, two quarters, maybe even, no, through honestly through three quarters, we should say, that the uh, the Chargers were back. You know, they were all back. You know, they've been getting scrutinized for starting the season hot and then falling apart, and they were back. And then in the fourth quarter, don't get me wrong, they still put up 14 points in the fourth quarter, but their defense also allowed 27 points to the Steelers and really let them get back in this game. So if you're the Chargers, you got to clean it up. you got to play four quarters. Um, NFL is not three quarters long. But I think the Chargers played very well. You know, Justin Herbert, like you said, absolutely shined. 30 for 41, three touchdowns, 382 yards. He did have a pick. Um, but also his running ability. Like, I, I'm, I haven't seen a whole lot of Chargers games um, this year. But I believe he was the first player to have over 350 uh, yards and then also over 90 yards rushing or, or something like that. Um, and so yeah, him able to him being able to run for 90 yards really took a pressure off of everyone. Um, Austin Eckler had two touchdowns on 50 yards of uh on a uh, rushing, so it, it felt like their their offense really came to play. And like I said, the defense played very well up until you know the fourth quarter, but then you got the Steelers on the other side who who also played very well there late in the game. Uh, Ben looked like he played a very good game there until the very end. And so, yeah, it just, you know, Justin Herbert shined when they needed him most because they did fall down in this game. They were losing at one point, um, but he came back right when they needed him. Yep, this was a a game that I think the old Chargers might have blown, but I think having Justin Herbert was the difference in this game. I mean, they had the court, the better quarterback, and that was not even questionable. I think we're seeing Justin Herbert develop into a star player in the NFL, and he's had a couple weeks here where he's kind of slumped. He hasn't been quite the same guy, uh, but this was a game where he was back, and you talked about him rushing for 90 yards on top of throwing for 382 yards, and he just looked, he looks so special. I mean, his 
he you forget how athletic he is until he starts running like he did in this game and his arm talent is just so special and he really is a, a star in the making and this is one of those games that I think we might remember years down the line where it's like okay this is where Justin Herbert kind of took that took that next step where it's like he 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 kind of let us know okay he's here to stay uh he's going to win big games uh and I think that's been the one thing that he's kind of hasn't had where he's he's got these big wins he's he's pulled you know victory from the jaws of defeat where you know he 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 wins these games that that they maybe should have lost you know there was mistakes made and he wasn't perfect but but to pull out the win in the end is so big for Justin Herbert and I think he's just a, a budding star in the NFL and the Chargers uh, whether or not they make the playoffs this year I think they got to be very encouraged with where the team is going because you have Justin Herbert uh, but why don't we move on to all the rest of the games? Why don't we quickly? Yeah, you have one more thing you want to say? Sorry, sorry, Joe. I don't want to cut you off there. I have one more thing no, to good. say. And I mean, if you're the Chargers, you also have to look at you are uh, you're right there. If the Chiefs are on a bye week this week, if the Chargers can walk away with a win this weekend against the Broncos, they are now the number one seed in their division, and they play the Chiefs again in three weeks. So we might be seeing a battle for the the top of the division that week. So that'll be fun to watch for. But yeah, let's go ahead and move on to the remainder of the games. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, why don't we start off with your Patriots, Mike? Why, they got themselves a big-time victory on Thursday Night Football, 25 to nothing, shutting out Matt Ryan and the Atlanta Falcons, Mike. Uh, the Patriots are surging right now. Joe, they're, they're just rolling. And um, a lot of people had been trying to tell me before the game started, like, Watch out for the Falcons. It's a short week. You know, with all the upsets we had been having lately, it could happen. And I just didn't feel it. You know, the defense has been absolutely dominant in this uh, five-game win streak we're on right now. And uh, the Falcons, you know, they've, without Cordell Patterson in this game, without uh, Calvin Ridley, you know, they're already shorthanded as it is. You know, I figured they would struggle. But, you know, when you, Matt Ryan, um, I believe... Josh Rosen, and to be honest, I don't even know who their third-string quarterback is. Um, I think it's they all Felipe came in. Franks. Felipe Franks. The last four <laughs> drives for the Falcons ended in an interception, a interception, a pick six, and another interception. So the Pats really showed up there late in the game. But yeah, like I said, their defense has been nothing but dominant this year. Um, and you know the offense was a bit slow. We did struggle. Uh, throughout the game uh, but when you only have a day or two of practice um, with these short weeks there's not much you can really prepare for so they did what they needed to to win the game and I'm not concerned you know with the way the Tennessee Titans played this week we're playing the Titans on Sunday I honestly think that it'll be a good game and the Pats will continue moving in, in the right direction and I, I believe they'll get a win and go on to a six game win streak all right yeah they've, they've won five games and I think a lot of that is on the back of their defense their run game, they have they have two oh. really good running backs. Ramondre Stevenson uh, and Damian Harris are are one of the better duos in the NFL. In the NFL, and Mac Jones just doing enough. Like he in he made some he made some really nice throws throws in this game. I don't want to take anything away from him. He's made some really nice throws all season long. Uh, but they he doesn't need to do too much because the the team around him is really really stepping up, especially in the last few weeks. And the you know this five game win streak is really. Uh, a big part of that is that defense stepping up and you just have a quarterback that he's not making those mistakes. Like he's, he's not throwing interceptions. He doesn't have bad fumbles. He's just, you know, he's just doing enough. 
Yeah, Joe. And, you know, I've seen people nonstop compare him to Tom Brady because, of course, he plays for the Patriots. But, you know, Mac Jones is a really good quarterback. I'm not going to say he's great. I'm not going to say he's elite. But that's not saying he can't be, though. It's like, give him a few years. I believe he will be great. I, w- I believe he will be elite. But right now, the team just needs him to be good. And let me tell you, the kid is good. He is playing lights out, like you said, completing passes at a ridiculously high percentage. And other than the one mistake he made where he could have had Nikhil Harry wide open, he tried to force a ball to Johnny Smith that got intercepted. I mean, other than that, Mac Jones has been nothing but spectacular during this five-game win streak. You know, I believe he only has two interceptions through those five games. Um, So... The man is the man is balling, Joe. Yeah, and the Patriots are balling too. They're now Absolutely. first in the AFC East. Who would have thought just a few weeks ago uh, the Patriots would would claim the top spot once again in the AFC East, the division that they dominated for the last two decades. But They're back on top with the Bills struggling, and obviously the other two teams are irrelevant in that division. Um, Joe, you also have to realize. Your Miami Dolphins are only like two games behind the Buffalo Bills right now, Joe, and they are rolling. We're riding a three-game win streak. How are you three feeling? Three in a row. Yeah, why don't we move on to the Dolphins game? They, they pull out a 24-17 to victory over the New York Jets in New York. Um, <laughs> I mean, listen, I'm not going to honk too much about a 24-17 to victory over the Jets, uh, but it feels good to win. You know, three wins in a row. Uh, it, it just really... Uh, really um what's the word i'm looking for it really brings to the forefront how much it sucks that they lost seven games in a freaking row like if they hadn't lost seven games in a row like if they had won one or two of those games they would be right there they could be competing for a wild card spot heck they could be competing for the afc east if if they had just won two of those seven losses like if they had just pulled out some of those games against the jaguars and the and the Colts and the and the and the Falcons, they had they were in those games, and it's just it's really frustrating. But you know, I I don't want to be too negative. It's fun to get a win, uh, and honestly, Tua has quietly been pretty good, uh, and I I don't think he's maybe getting the credit he's due because he does have one. It seems like one throw per game where it's like, what the heck are you doing, man? And I I know he's a young player, so that's gonna happen. But other than that, I mean. Tua's quietly with an offensive line that's the worst offensive line I've ever seen in the history of football. Like, it's just unbelievably brutal. You can't even imagine. Like, you think the Falcons' offensive line was bad against the Patriots on Thursday night? That's what Tua has to deal with every single week. And his ability to evade pressure, and he had a throw to Mac Hollins in this game that was the best throw of his career, 50-plus air yards. I mean, he he's looking he's looking good. And he, and he finished this game 27 for 33. Uh, 273 yards, two touchdowns, and he had that one really, really bad interception. But I, th- I think two is quietly developing, and and I don't know. I still don't think his future is in Miami because I just don't think that they want him, unfortunately. And it sucks because I, I, I really do like Tua as a person, and I think he can develop into a good quarterback in a good spot. But he's quietly developing before our very eyes. And I just want to say, there's a Jets player, John Franklin Myers, in this game. He said uh, Tua, the Dolphins won because Tua kept throwing up prayers and sometimes prayers get answered. That's the stupidest comment I've ever seen because Tua was over 80% completion percentage in this game. So if you're just mad because you can't beat you know, an offensive line that has basically um, you know, traffic cones 
in front of the the Dolphins quarterback. You know, don't be mad at the quarterback. Just be mad that you couldn't, you know, you couldn't win the game. That's ridiculous when a guy throws for 80% and you're saying he's throwing prayers. It's funny because the Jets, you know, the Jets are the Jets this year and they just got <laughs> beat by the guy throwing up prayers. So if yeah, if you you don't yeah. like the way that uh that that two is playing throwing up prayers, why don't you why don't you stop him? You know? But I will say yeah. ever since we've kind of stopped hearing about the Deshaun Watson rumors and you know they've been been finally put to rest two has really started to play well and come into his own and the Dolphins have played well too you know they've won three straight now they got the Panthers and the Giants up next and they get a bye week and then they also get to play the Jets again and the Saints and to be honest Joe I mean the Panthers game I think will be a pretty tough test but the Giants Jets and Saints I think they can honestly win all three of those games which would put them at seven wins for the season and I mean when they were at one and seven I don't think anyone here was talking about the Dolphins winning seven games. And so if yep. they can really, you know, rally behind their team and win seven games, I think that's a big accomplishment for the way they started. And, you know, to finish strong like that would be, it would be pretty amazing to see. Yep. Uh, who would have guessed that the Dolphins would be in any position? Like, they're not even mathematically eliminated from the playoffs, which is kind of crazy to think about when they were one and seven. But only two games back. Uh, you talk, yeah, they're only two games back. And you talked about the Deshaun Watson thing, and I've this is something I've been saying for weeks, and I've talked about to to Joel a few times. If there was no Deshaun Watson, if there was no Justin Herbert to compare Tua to, people would be encouraged with what Tua has done. Because Tua, and I, and I think the injuries is the one thing where it's like, okay, that is a big deal because he he can't stay healthy, and that's a very frustrating part. I think if he could just figure that part out, you could be so encouraged. I think he's played well for a young quarterback. He's 23 years old. Like, he's a young quarterback. I don't think him and Joe Burrow have played, like, I, I do think Joe Burrow has played better, but I don't think it's astronomically better than what Tua has done, especially lately. Like, Tua has played well the last five weeks or whatever it's been, and I think if there was no Deshaun Watson, there's no Justin Herbert, people would be encouraged by Tua, but because that's, you, you can't, you can't get rid of those people, you can't get rid of those factors. Uh, I think the Dolphins... I don't know. I think they, unless Tua becomes an all-pro here at the end of the season, I think they're still going to be looking to move on, and it's not totally fair to Tua, but we got to move on to the next game. That's enough talking about the Dolphins. And on to the San Francisco 49ers beating the Jacksonville Jaguars 30-10. to um, Debo Samuel, that guy is a monster. I mean, he played more running back, basically, in this game than he did receiver. He had eight rushes for 79 yards and a touchdown and only one catch for 15 yards, but he is a beast. Yeah, Joe, Debo Samuels has been pretty unstoppable this year. Again, Jimmy Garoppolo didn't have the greatest game, but you know, I don't think he really needed to. Um, and yeah, these Jags, they just they have not had it this season. Urban Myers struggled through the first 11 weeks, and honestly, I feel like they're going to continue to struggle just like Trevor Lawrence, only putting up 158 yards. So it was a good win for the Niners, and they slowly crawled their way back up into the, the playoff conversation. Yep, they're another team that looked like they were dead to rights, but now they're they're quietly working their way back in. Uh, speaking of another team that's quietly working their way back in, that's the Washington football team spoiling Cam Newton's return to Carolina with a 27-21 to victory. Taylor Heineke had himself a game uh, against Cam Newton. 16 for 22, 216 yards and three touchdowns. And Cam Newton... Uh, Mike, how did Cam Newton look in this game? I would say better than they could have expected for only being there for a week. 
189 yards, 21 for 27, two touchdowns uh, passing. And then he also had uh, 46 yards rushing with a touchdown. And he looked electric, Joe. Like, I've heard nonstop all day that Cam Newton needs to be released. Cam Newton's trash. He's washed. I'm like, did you even watch the game? Like, Cam Newton was, like, I mean, carrying the team. He was a part of all three touchdowns. Their defense late kind of folded and allowed, you know, some crucial um, big plays, especially on like a fourth and three. They let Taylor Heineke run around for a while and complete an amazing play, amazing pass. Um, but yeah, no, Cam Newton looked really well in the return. And I think if you're the Panthers, you found your uh, your quarterback for the rest of the season and who knows, maybe farther uh, past that. And the Panthers, like we've said, they're right there in the playoff race too. You know, I mean, I think they're only half a game out. So plenty of football left to be played but yeah Washington all of a sudden their defense started playing good and their offense came alive uh Terry McLaurin had another solid game um so if the if the Washington football team can keep this up they might also be a team that can somehow sneak their way into that playoff picture yeah and and credit to Ron Rivera getting a victory in his return to Carolina it was cool to see Ron Rivera versus Cam Newton in Cam's first game as a starter back with the Panthers but then on to the next game and it's Detroit versus Cleveland, and the Browns barely, barely survive against the winless uh, Detroit Lions, 13-10. to 10. Nick Chubb had himself a good game, 22 carries, 130 yards. Uh, I don't know. I don't have much to say about this game, Mike, but what do you have to say about this game? Um, the Lions continue to just fall apart, and... <laughs> Baker Mayfield is now calling out uh, his own Cleveland Brown fans after he got booed during the game. He's now saying that, you know, the the same fans that are booing are probably the same fans that are screaming while their offense is on the field trying to operate. And I mean, these Browns, man, they've been <laughs> so up and down this year. And I don't know if it's the smartest thing to call out your fans. <laughs> yeah, the vibes within the Browns are not good right now. I know they got to win this week, but yeah, I mean, barely beating the Lions is not not the best of wins, and, and I didn't even see that, what you were talking about, Baker Mayfield calling out the fans. The vibes are not good within the Cleveland Browns organization. Uh, but on I to mean, the next game. Sorry, I mean, I can, understand, uh, I can understand Baker's frustrations. You're playing with like almost every ligament in your body torn, <laughs> yeah. and your, your fans are booing great. you, so I understand that, but I, I would just I would not call them out. Yeah, it's pr- never a good idea to call out the fans. They're the reason that you're able to make money off of playing the game but yeah that's true Baker Mayfield is playing while falling apart uh, and it sure looks that way for the Cleveland Browns Uh, but then on to the next game a a game that did not have Lamar Jackson as he was unhealthy again he's sick I swear nobody's more sick than Lamar Jackson this guy feels like he's sick every other week I don't know he must have the worst immune system in the whole world but no Lamar Jackson Tyler Huntley instead got the start for the Baltimore Ravens and it was a 16 to 13 victory for the Baltimore Ravens and honestly Tyler Huntley played pretty good in this game like he didn't play amazing but pretty good for a backup quarterback that basically no one's ever heard of uh he finished 26 for 36 219 yards uh, and an interception he also had 40 yards on the ground and led a game-winning drive there at the end Justin Fields also got hurt in this game doesn't look like he'll play on Thanksgiving so that sucks but I don't know if you have any takeaways from this game, Mike. No, Joe, you actually summed it up perfectly. Huntley played very well, and Andy Dalton even came in and played very well. So, yeah, we're going to have to see Andy Dalton play on Thanksgiving. And if you're Justin Fields, man, you, you don't want to see that because if Andy Dalton comes out and just 
balls out on uh, on Thanksgiving. That that quarterback conversation might be back up in the air. Yeah, it, 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 it's a bummer for me. I would have loved to see Justin Fields play on Thanksgiving, uh, but unfortunately we'll see Andy Dalton. But then on to the next game, the Cincinnati Bengals pick up a big 32-13 victory over a a Raiders team that's on a slide now. They're, they just can't get anything figured out. Joe Mixon, Mixon had himself a big game, um, but the Raiders and the Bengals, I think, both seem to be going in opposite directions after this game. Yeah, and I mean, even though the Bengals put up 32 points, Joe Burrow didn't didn't have the greatest game. Jamar Chase didn't have a big game, but like you said, Mixon had an amazing game. So it's good to see the Bengals get a big win. And yeah, if you're the Raiders, man, it. I mean, at the end of the season, you might see them just completely clean house. Derek Carr could be playing football somewhere else, um, which I think needs to happen, not because he hasn't played great. I think they're honestly taking away all of Derek Carr's magical young years. I think he could play quarterback great for another team. But these Raiders, it seems like every year there is some kind of, like we always talk about, bad vibe around them. Um, and so, yeah, I think it's time to get Derek Carr out of there, let him play for another uh, franchise, and maybe it's time for a full rebuild. Yeah, it could be. They lost their head coach. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if Mike Mayock's not there uh, next season as well at the general manager spot. I think it might be time to to reset there in in Las Vegas, especially having lost your last two first-round picks due to off-the-field issues. Just a whole lot of bad bad juju in that organization right now. But then on to the final game, uh, excluding the, Sunday, uh, the Monday night football game that's going on right now as we're recording this. But the Arizona Cardinals, with Colt McCoy starting his third straight game, uh, they pick up a 23-13 victory against a helpless Seattle Seahawks team. Like, what the heck is the matter with the Seattle Seahawks? Joe, I, I just, I honestly don't know. Um, the, the Cardinals are playing very smart. You know, they've won two out of three now with Colt McCoy. And, I mean, it worked out perfect for Cliff Kingsbury and them Cardinals. You know, Kyler Murray's hurt. Let him heal from injury. Don't rush him back. And they've been winning games without him. So, you know, if he's still not 100% ready to go, I mean, they could have him on the bench next week, you know, again. Let them get fully healthy. But on the other side of the ball, the Seahawks, I think, are done, Joe. I think yep. there's a chance Russell Wilson leaves. I think there's a chance Pete Carroll gets fired. Um, after the game, people have said that Pete Carroll is the is the guy to go to when it's like you you watch videos on how to be in uh, in in an interview room, like you know, take points away from like how he acts, how he answers questions. He, I think, was in the interview room for seven minutes, and then he said, "I'm done," and walked out. <laughs> yeah, and that's that's not P. Carroll like. So you can tell there's uh, a lot of frustrations. Back. He came back. Oh, he did. Yeah, apparently he left and then came back and 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 basically said, "Sorry that I left," which was kind of funny. But like, oh, okay, uh, I did not see yeah. that. Yeah, apparently he came back. It, what? I don't know. It's a mess there with the Seahawks. You, yeah, Russell Wilson might be gone after this season. Uh, Pete Carroll, I don't know. He seems like he's a dead man walking the way he talks, even if it's just seven minutes at a time. He is uh, <laughs> he's, he's a guy that just, he seems to know his days might be numbered. Uh, and it's just, I can't ima- I just can't believe they gave up like what, two or three first round picks for Jamal Adams. And yeah. now that first round pick looks like it's going to be like a top five pick in the NFL draft. Just a brutal, brutal look. Uh, the Seahawks are, I, I think they're done too. I would be willing to say, I mean, there's no chance they make the playoffs at this point. Nope. They, they're they one of the worst well, teams in the NFL. 
Joe, their offense is dead. You got DK Metcalf, and if Tyler Lockett doesn't get that big catch at the end of the game, Russell Wilson's stats look absolutely awful. And mm-hmm. I mean, Russell Wilson has given his life to Seattle. I mean, we cannot we cannot come out here and just bash Russell Wilson. I mean, he's playing probably still a little bit hurt from the finger. But yeah, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, they have no run game. That team is just in shambles. Their defense is not that bad. Like, they only allowed what? What the Cardinals score? 23 points, which, yeah, it's not low. But, I mean, 23 points, you can win if your defense only allows 23 points. But Absolutely. they're not getting any contributions from their offense at all. And I honestly think they are one to two pieces away on the offense from being a really good team, either a, a running back and a tight end, um, a tight end and maybe another receiver. I don't know what it is, but... Russell Wilson seems to be trying to do, trying to be like Patrick Mahomes to do too much at a time. And yeah, the, that offense is just absolutely gone. Yep. Russell Wilson just hasn't seen like the same guy since coming back from his injury. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with the Seahawks. But that wraps up all the games from week 11 of the 2021 NFL season. Uh, why don't we do like we do every week, our biggest winner and biggest loser from Week 11 of the 2021 NFL season. Mike, who you have? Who do you have as your biggest winner from Week 11? All right, Joe. Well, I have, like, I believe I have two, and that is Jonathan Taylor and the Colts just steamrolling the Buffalo Bills. They came out and were hot from the get-go, and they really proved to the NFL that you don't want to mess with the Colts right now. And also Jalen Hurts and the Philadelphia Eagles. They came out and pl- played lights out as well. And that's another team that is on the rise and you might not want to play. Um, and then, you know, for my losers, I'll just go ahead and finish real quick. I have the Tennessee Titans and Ryan Tannehill. Titans completely fell apart against the, the Houston Texans. And Ryan Tannehill did not look good. Like we said, through four interceptions, I believe had one or two fumbles. So it was an ugly loss for them, Tennessee Titans. And like we said, it's a tough road ahead with the New England Patriots. So we'll have to see how that pans out. But yeah, Joe, those are my winners and losers for this week. What about you? Yeah, my, my biggest winner for the week is, I think this is the second week in a row I've done this, but the New England Patriots, to me, are the biggest winner of Week 11. And it's not so much their game against the Falcons. It was an impressive win, but they won. The Bills lost. The Titans lost. Like, a lot of things that you wanted to see happen for Absolutely. the Patriots. Yeah, the Patriots. It happened this week, and the Patriots are in a good spot. They're, they're, I think they have some easy games here down the stretch. I think they still have to play the Jaguars, if I'm not mistaken, at some point. They have to play the Dolphins again. Uh, I, I don't know if they have – I think they have to play the Jets one more time. So they have some easy games here down the stretch. They're, they're surging, and they had some teams lose that were ahead of them in the standings. So a big week for the New England Patriots. And my biggest loser, we just talked about them, the Seattle Seahawks. This is a team that looks lost at sea. They, they look like they, they, I don't know, who knows what happens to this team in the future. They're my biggest loser. Uh, and they may be one of the biggest losers of the whole 2021 NFL season. But why don't we move on to our picks? And it is Thanksgiving uh, in the NFL. And it's American Thanksgiving uh, I'm Canadian, as most of you guys know. So we had our Thanksgiving uh, weeks ago at this point. We don't get to have a whole you know, month off like you guys do for Thanksgiving in the United States. Uh, but uh, it's Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving football. Uh, and Mike, why don't we just real quick, before we get into the picks, just for fun, why don't we do some things that you're thankful for in the NFL this, this 
this season, 2021 NFL season, what are some things in the NFL that you're thankful for? All right, Joe. I got I got five things. Let me list them off for you. All right. We got the New England Patriots, and they are all the way back. Joe, we all went one season back. of painful losses and just bad football. And our defense is there. Our offense is there. We are all the way back, Joe, and I am so thankful for that. Also, number two, the fans are just electric this year. The fact that we get the fans back in the yes. stadiums. You know, I'm just thankful to hear the roars of real fans and not automated sounds. So that's awesome. I love it. Number three, Cam Newton gets another shot. I feel like Cam Newton is one of the most overhated players in the NFL. I think he is very talented. He ha brings a whole lot of energy and just great vibes to a team. And it shows because even though the Panthers lost this week, it just seemed like they, they were in it all the way till the end which they have struggled these past four or five weeks leading up to these last two weeks when he got signed. And so I think Cam Newton getting another shot is an amazing thing for the Panthers. Number four, Tom Brady leaving so that we get Mac Jones. <laughs> That's number four. And then also the Bucks have struggled this year, which I've kind of enjoyed seeing, you know, as a Patriots fan, <laughs> Tom Brady having so much success elsewhere. Now seeing him struggle is kind of like, okay, you know, it's about time. And number five, my fantasy team, which won again this week, which puts me at nine and two. I'm just super thankful wow. for them. And yeah, it's just been a good year of football, Joe. I'm thankful for it all. Speaking of fantasy, and this is something I'm not thankful for, this week in fantasy, I scored 168 points and I lost in fantasy to a team that scored 180 points. So Did I couldn't he have, have had Taylor. He didn't have Jonathan Taylor. He had everybody else basically. Like he had, he had Jalen Hurts. What's Jalen Hurts? But and I even had Austin Eckler. Austin Eckler scored four touchdowns, had like forty points basically, and I had an amazing week. But I played the. I would have destroyed any other person in our league, but I had to play the one person that had more points than me. But anyways, we're being thankful for things here, and you just said Jonathan Taylor. I'm thankful for Jonathan Taylor. Uh, one of my favorite players in the NFL is Derrick Henry, and it was it was tough to see him go out. I just love seeing a guy that's so physically dominant and can run the ball so well, and like the running back position is so undervalued nowadays. It's so fun to see a, a running back be so valuable, and since Derrick Henry's gone down, I feel like Jonathan Taylor said, like, I got this. I got this. I'll take over. I'll be that dominant rusher. I'll be that big dude that just is going to run people over and you know, get these 70-yard touchdowns. I love Jonathan Taylor. He's one of my favorite players in the NFL. His dominance running the ball, that's something I'm really thankful for. And honestly, Mike, you did such a good job. I don't even know how I can compete with you with your list of things that you're thankful for. You killed it. But Thank you, Drew. Uh, I'm, I'm thankful that the Dolphins are actually winning some games, I guess. I'm thankful that we're not going to lose all the games anymore. Uh, we had a seven-game losing streak. We're on a three-game win streak now. Uh, it's all about the little things in a in a disappointing season like this. Um, and I am also honestly also thankful for Jalen Waddle. I think he's been an underrated player this season. He's so freaking fast and so fun to watch. I'm thankful for him. I think he's a a fun. I think he's a future star in the NFL. Um, and it's fun to have him on my team. And another thing that I'm thankful for, I'm thankful for the parity in the NFL. Like, it's you never know what to expect. And we talk about it every single week. It's really fun. It makes talking football really fun because 
you know, we're all idiots when it comes down to it. Absolutely. None of us have any idea what we're talking about. And I, I see often like people are like, it's a, it's such a big thing to like call people out when they're wrong about football and stuff. But when it comes down to it, none of us know what we're talking about. And I will admit, you know, I have a football podcast. I like to think that I know stuff about football. I'm wrong so much. I was so wrong about Josh Allen. I said he was not a good quarterback. Um, you know, he's proved me wrong. I, I've been wrong the last few weeks about Jalen Hurts. And it's okay to be wrong. You know, we don't know what we're talking about. But I love the craziness in the NFL and the fact that, Absolutely. you know, we look silly every single week. I think it makes it makes the NFL fun. I think it's the most fun league in, in professional sport. It's my favorite professional sport to to watch. And just, it's at any given Sunday. And, and I love that. So I'm thankful just for the craziness of the NFL. Uh, and Mike, I'm also thankful that as we move into our picks, I had a pretty dang good week as far as picks go last week. I'm going to say I'm thankful for that. I went, if, if my calculations are correct, I went 10-4 and four this last week, uh, which is probably the best week any of us have, have had this season. Uh, that brings my total to a 97-66-1 record. And Mike, how did you do this week in picks? I, if I'm not wrong, Joe, I won eight games and lost six. That's what I which got. Which would put me at, yeah, which would put me, I believe, at 90 wins. And what is that? 73. 70, yeah, 73-1, and 90-73-1. So what did you say you were? 97-66-1. So I got a seven-point well, lead on you right now. You're fixing to have an eight-point lead because these, uh, <laughs> these Giants have struggled, and they look bad. Oh, yeah, wh- What's the score in that game right now? I haven't been keeping it is, up with it. It is twenty-four to ten. It oh was boy. a ten to ten game. It was, I think, it was seventeen ten going into half, and Giants got the ball, and now Daniel Jones has just absolutely fallen apart. Oh, good, good to hear. Um, let's see if we can fall apart with our picks this week. I honestly thought the picks this week I were will. so. <laughs> he might guarantees he will already. I love it. Uh, this week felt so hard. I felt like almost all these games, I was like, I don't even know who to pick. Like these are tough, right. tough games to pick. Uh, so hopefully, uh, we we get some right. But why don't we start off with the Thanksgiving games first up? Uh, not the best game in the world, but you know it's football, and you're gonna be, you know, sitting at home watching football. I'm I'm very jealous. I'll have to be work when when you're sitting at home and eating your turkey or whatever you're doing on Thanksgiving. Just think about the fact that I'm working. While this game is going on, so just keep me in your thoughts and prayers. Joe, Mike. I'd rather be working than watching the Bears and Lions, to be honest. <laughs> okay, I don't know if I would go that far, but yes, the B- Chicago Bears visit the Detroit Lions uh, for the first Thanksgiving game. I'm gonna pick the Bears to win this game. I just think Tim Boyle or Jared Goff, who's ever whoever's starting, uh, he's no match for what is actually a pretty good Chicago Bears defense. Uh, Mike, who you got in this game? I'm going to go with Chi-Town. I'm going to go with the Chicago Bulls beating the Detroit Pistons, Joe. <laughs> All um, right. Yeah, we got the Bears on this one. All right, the Chicago Bulls. And then on to the Las Vegas Raiders facing off against the Dallas Cowboys. I'm going to pick the Cowboys to get a bounce-back win against a uh, a sliding uh, Raiders team. Who you got in this game? Joe, that's honestly a tough one because CeeDee Lamb is out because of concussion. Their offense is just... It's going to be a little scary to see where the Cowboys are at. But, you know, coming off a bad loss, I feel like the Cowboys are going to prove that they are still a good team. And I, I, I'm going to have to take Dallas Cowboys as well. Yeah, the Cowboys will also be without Amari Cooper for a second straight game. So that'll definitely 
challenge things quite a bit. But then on to the late game on Thanksgiving Thursday, the Buffalo Bills facing off against the New Orleans Saints. Both teams coming off disappointing losses. Mike, who you got in this game? Man, Joe, this is tough. Um, it is tough. I'm going to have to go with Buffalo. Uh, if the Saints defense would, would be playing a little bit better, I would say I would take the Saints, honestly, because the the Colts utterly stopped the Bills from doing anything. But I, I, I just feel like the, the Bills are going to... I don't think it's going to be a, a blowout, but I think the Bills can pull this one out. Yeah, I think this will be a close game, but I think the Bills as well get a bounce-back victory uh, on Thanksgiving. And, uh, and then on to the Sunday games... Atlanta at Jacksonville. This is a game between, uh, you know, two teams, not the greatest teams in the NFL, but honestly, I'm going to go out on a limb and I'm going to say Jacksonville wins this game against the Atlanta Falcons. They have a terrible offensive line. Um, maybe they, the, the Jaguars in Urban Meyer can take advantage of that. Who you got in this game, Mike? Joe, I'm going to go with the Falcons. Um, I don't know. I feel like the Falcons should be able to get a bounce back win. The Jags have struggled all year. And even though... The Falcons did lose twenty-five to zero. They did look, they did look good, and they had their chances early, and they just they weren't able to capitalize. So I think they're going to get a, a bounce back win, and they've had a long week to prepare. All right, and then on to the New York Jets at the Houston Texans. Starting, starting these off with a bang here. Holy smokes! I I just honestly didn't know what to do with this game, uh. So I picked the Texans just because I think Tyrod Taylor's better than any of the quarterbacks that the Jets will march out there. Who you got in this game, Mike? Joe, we're going to go with the New York Jets. All right. <laughs> this, this season's been all over the place, so we're going to stick with New York. All right, and then on to the Tennessee Titans facing against your New England Patriots in Foxborough. Uh, I'm going to stick with the Patriots. I think they're a team that's they're on the up and up. They're, as Mike flips his backwards Patriots hat forward to see the logo, uh, I think I know who you're picking. I'm going to pick the Patriots. I think that they're the Titans are, are, are kind of banged up right now. All the receivers are injured. I think the Patriots are on the right track. Who you got? Joe, we're going to go with New England as well, um, like you said. And the last time the Pats were over five-and-a-half-point favorites, they beat the Falcons. So, I mean, that's it's the winning number. Um, right. So, yeah, I think the Pats, Pats should be able to pull this one out. All right, and then on to Carolina versus the Miami Dolphins. Uh, in Miami, uh, Mike, who you got in this game? Joe, this is so tough because the Dolphins have been on a hot streak and the Panthers have been kind of up and down. But I think the Panthers are going to get a bounce back win, Joe. I hate to break it to you. I honestly think that it's going to be a really good game, and I would not be surprised if the Dolphins win, but I'm going to go ride with Cam Newton and the Panthers. Honestly, as much as I hate to say it, I'm agreeing with you. I'm picking the Panthers to win this game. I, I hope I'm wrong. I hope the Dolphins pull this out, but I think the Dolphins' offensive line is a disaster, and the Panthers have a really good defensive line full of young pass rushers, and I think that will be the difference in this game. So I'm going to pick the Panthers to win. As much as I don't want to, I, I don't know. I think the Panthers are a better team. You know what, Joe? Just because you picked them, I'm going to go to the Dolphins. <laughs> okay. All right. I got to like gain some games somewhere. Okay. The, uh, all right. I like this. You're getting into strategy now. I, I like yeah, it. I like I, it. I'm rooting for the Panthers, but, you know, to try to gain some <laughs> picks, I'm going to go against you. <laughs> all right. And then on to the Philadelphia Eagles uh, and the New York Giants in a divisional matchup. And give me the Eagles. We've, we've just 
talks glowingly about them all podcast long. I think they're they're in a good place right now, and if that run game keeps going the way it's going, they're going to be hard to stop. Yeah, Joe, and I cannot pick against you on this one. That would just be stupid. We're going to go with Philadelphia <laughs> as well. Jalen Hurts, I feel like he's going to have another big game. Right, and then on to Pittsburgh versus Cincinnati, and this might be a little bit of a surprise pick, but I'm picking Pittsburgh to win this game. I think the Cincinnati Bengals offense... I don't know. I think I don't think Joe Burrow's been all the way there the last few weeks, and I think the defense for Pittsburgh is is pretty good, uh, like one of the better defenses in the NFL. And I just feel like the I don't know. The, I feel like the the Steelers just seem to have the number of a lot of these teams in the AFC North. So I think they'll pull out a win against Cincinnati. Joe, we're gonna go with the Bengals. Like I said, we're gonna pick against you there. Um... I don't know. Steelers how did look good there against the Chargers. The Chargers didn't play defense in the fourth quarter. So as long as the Bengals can play some decent defense, I think they should have a really good shot. It is a division game, so you never know, but we're going to stick with Cincinnati. All right, and then on to Tampa Bay versus Indianapolis. Uh, looks like two teams that are coming off wins in Week 11. Uh, I think that's safe to say with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers right now. But who you got in this game, the Buccaneers versus the Indianapolis Colts? No, Joe, who do you have? I need to know who you pick so I can see if I need to pick against you. I see. I see how this goes. I'm going to pick the Tampa, Tampa Bay Buccaneers because okay. as much as I like the Colts, and I re- would I would love to see the Colts pick up a big win here, I think the Colts' best thing about their team is the run game. What do the Buccaneers do best? I think they stop the run really, really well. Um, hopefully Carson Wentz could take advantage of a beat-up secondary, but I think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers pulled this win out. So uh, who you got in this game, Mike? Joe, to be honest, I'm not even messing with you. I was going to pick the Colts, so that worked out perfectly in my favor. All right. Um, but, yeah, no, Indy, I think that, like you said, they, they have a really good run game. I think they're going to run straight through the defense of the Bucks, and it's going to open up the passing game. All right. All right, bold prediction. Uh, and then on to another divisional matchup, the Los Angeles Chargers face off against the Denver Broncos at Mile High Stadium. I'm going to take the Chargers. I just think they're a better team. I think Justin Herbert's a really good quarterback, so I'm going to pick the Chargers in this game. Joe, I'm going to agree with you on that one. We're going to go with the Chargers. Um, If they win here, they're back on top of the division, so I'm really rooting for them. All right, and then on to uh, Minnesota at San Francisco. Minnesota coming off a big win. San Francisco coming off a big win. I'm going to pick San Francisco in this game. Might be a bit of a surprise. I I almost, I was so close to picking Minnesota last week against Green Bay. I really wanted to do it, but I just couldn't pull the trigger. And I do think Minnesota's good, but one thing that we've seen from them is they're not consistent. They're all over the place, and I think they're going to drop one here to San Francisco. Well, Joe, I think the Minnesota Vikings are going to win this game. I think they found their consistency. Kirk Cousins finally had a game where he just looked lights out. And I, I think it's going to continue on to, into the San Francisco 49 game, 49ers game. Man, I just lost all ability to speak there. <laughs> That's all right. We're getting pretty close to the end here, Mike. It's got to just, just, just make just hang it on. a couple more picks. Just hang on. And then on to the Los Angeles Rams versus the Green Bay Packers. Uh, and I'm going to pick the Rams. Honestly, I haven't been that impressed with the Packers the last few weeks. Their offense hasn't quite been as explosive. I mean, I, I mean, I shouldn't say that because this last week they were extremely explosive. But before that, I haven't been too impressive. And, and Aaron Rodgers is hurt a little bit right now. So I'm going to pick the Rams to win in this game. 
Joe, I'm actually going to go with the Green Bay Packers. You know, you're making my job very easy on picking against you. <laughs> um, with what we see, even though the Rams had a bye week, what we saw from them the two prior, prior weeks, I just don't think they have enough to, to beat the, the Packers. And, like, the Packers, you know, they put up 31 points. So that looked pretty explosive. Hopefully their defense can come back around, but I think the Packers are going to get a bounce-back win here. All right, and then on to the primetime games, and it's Cleveland at Baltimore on Sunday Night Football. A big, big divisional matchup here. And I'm going to pick the Ravens. Hopefully Lamar Jackson is back. I think they're just a better team. And we talked about the vibes being off in Cleveland. Yeah, Joe. And, you know, luckily for Baker, he doesn't have to face his home crowd after roasting them. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, we're going to also go with the Baltimore Ravens. I really want them to lose. I hope they do because then that if they lose, the Titans lose. That's an automatic one seed for the Pats if they win. <laughs> so we're going to go with the Baltimore Ravens. There you go. And then on to the final game from week 12, and it's Seattle at Washington. And I'm going to pick the Washington football team. Taylor Heineke has been playing pretty well, and the Seahawks are just lost right now. Yeah, no, we're going to go with Washington as well. Seahawks, like I said, I don't even see this game being close. I mean, their offense is next to nothing. Their defense has been okay, which surprises me. Um, but Washington has slowly came around. I'm surprised they're only one-point favorites at the moment. Um, but yeah, I expect Taylor Heineke to get a big win here. All right, and that wraps up our Week 12 pickums for uh, this episode. And that wraps up this week's episode, Mike. It was a, it was a good episode, fun episode, more chaos to talk about, Mike. I don't know about you. I don't know if you... I'm going to put you on the spot again. I don't know if you have anything else you want to say before we wrap things up. Joe, speaking of uh, Joe, speaking of chaos here, <laughs> LeBron James has been suspended, suspended one game and Isaiah Stewart has been suspended two games for their altercation in the Pistons and uh, Lakers game. Pretty intense stuff happening in the I NBA. I saw Joe. that. That's crazy. I like, I like how this like end of the end of the podcast has kind of turned into like an NBA section because I just can't think <laughs> of anything else to talk about. <laughs> That's phenomenal. I was not expecting them to suspend LeBron James. I was actually pretty surprised by that. I mean, he's the I basically figured, yeah. run. He runs the show. I, yeah, I figured the the GM over there was going to pull some strings and you know get away <laughs> with nothing. But you know, finally they said, nope, not not about to have this. Uh, man, they probably just suspended him for how much he was running away from that fight. He did not want any part of that fight with with Isaiah Stewart or whatever that. Kind he was of talking was. big game, and then he just like as Stewart was coming, he was backpedaling, and he saw Russell oh, Westbrook yeah. get his hands up. Like LeBron <laughs> has to be the biggest. I mean, I can't even say the word on the podcast, Joe. Like the more and more he plays basketball, the more I hate him. He's. Uh, he's a he's a character. I'm not a big LeBron James fan either, but the way he like pulled the ref in front of him, it's like, dude, you're the biggest guy out here. What do you? I mean, I guess not. Maybe not the biggest guy, but I mean, body mass wise, you're you're up there. Yeah. But like, it's so funny. He's he he's a little soft, but that's okay. We're all a little soft. Um, Joe, you know who yeah. I have enjoyed watching in the NBA? Who's that? Demar Derozan. Oh, dude, he's killing it this year. Damar, I say it. Damar, I like it. <laughs> Very good. I love that. Dude, Damar's killing it. The Bulls are back. I miss Damar on the Raptors. Uh, but anyways, we should probably wrap up this week's episode. <laughs> if you're still listening, you're a real fan of the show. We really appreciate you guys. 
appreciate you guys listening every Wednesday. Make sure you guys tune in every Wednesday for new episodes. If you like the show, make sure you share the show. Share it on wherever, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Make sure you follow us Tinder. on Instagram and Twitter. Tinder, yeah, share it on Twitter. Make sure you swipe left, right, whatever one is the good one. Make sure you swipe yes. us the good way. Um, and um, make sure you guys give us a five-star rating and review. If you're, if you're listening to this podcast every week and you haven't given a five-star rating, you haven't written us a little review, you're honestly being selfish at this point. Stop being selfish. Yeah. You got to put in your you got to put in part of the work. We can't do everything for you. Like we yeah, need your I help. mean we 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 really do. I mean, it's it's a struggle when we have to go and give ourselves five-star reviews because yeah. you guys just are too stubborn to. If our thousands of viewers every episode would just give us five-star reviews, it would look <laughs> so much better. But I mean, you exactly. guys just don't know how to go and click a thumbs up button. No, nah, all need games. Your bro. Help. All we games. can only make so many fake accounts. We can't we just can't do it anymore. <laughs> Like um, Bernie Sanders once said, I am in need of your financial, um, <laughs> what does he say <laughs> again? Support. I am once again in need of your financial support. Yes, please. We're in need of your financial support, but not even financial. Just give us the reviews, please. Oh, um, financial would be fine. Yeah, also financial would be good. Uh, you can hit us up just in the DMs. We'll let you know where you can deposit that money. Um, but we'll get out of here. We'll get out of your guys' hair. Make sure... You guys tune in every week. Make sure that you're watching football the upcoming weeks. Um, for Mike, for JT behind the mic, uh, doing all the hard work. Uh, and for myself, we will catch you guys on the next one. <laughs>